Attack makes Christ your enemy and God along with him. Must you not be afraid with enemies like these? And must you not be fearful of yourself? For you have hurt yourself and made yourself your enemy. And now you must believe you are not you, but something alien to yourself and something else, a something to be feared instead of loved. Who would attack whatever he perceives as wholly innocent? And who, because he wishes to attack, can fail to think he must be guilty to maintain the wish while wanting innocence? For who could see the Son of God as innocent and wish him dead? Of course, in miracles. Last night I spoke with someone that called me very late. He was shaking. He said he came close to killing somebody. And so he chatted. He told me he got very angry with someone he was doing business with. And he came close to doing physical harm to this person. It frightened him. And I said... Would you let that one moment define you? That one moment of anger and violence, is that really who you are? You were willing to kill him? Why? And he said because he has a history of being bullied and pushed around. I then said, so you let a story, the past, decide for you. So in that moment, That one moment, that is how you will define yourself? Does he have that much power over you? Or does God decide? As you decided to zoom in on that moment, how about the rest of your life and the unlimited potential it may hold and its infinite experience? So, This moment of violence. That is the experience you have chosen to determine who you are? When you are losing control, and we will all lose control at varying degrees, we must realize we have set our zoom lens on very, very super close up. The ego loves the zoom lens. It likes to isolate one word, one action, in one situation, and we see this as the one moment, or we must do something or else. The ego sees the attack, but it never stops to think about what the attack really means. It cages you in and puts you in a corner, and threatens you with abandonment, failure, and survival. Therefore, when we know we have become insane and pinned by the ego. The first thing we must do is focus on the breath. The breath controls the zoom lens, so we immediately call our attention to the breath. It's like calling our superpower. The next step is to call attention to our solar plexus and just notice what it feels like. Notice how rigid it is you will notice that you are hooked. It's tight. And you are also hooked by your personal will. It is through the breath that you will unhook yourself. 
and as you do, you will soften and begin to zoom out into the arms of God. We untether ourselves from the zoom in. And of course, this is all a personal choice. Once you surrender through the breath and unhook yourself, you float into God. As Christ says, I cannot heal what you are unwilling to give to me. And the Course in Miracles goes on to say, Is this what I would see? Do I want this? We become what we attack. So this whole idea of war, competition, and attack, it's all counter-spiritual. It's important to ask ourselves, how often does this arise in my life, this drama? Do I believe in drama? Do I foster drama? Do I believe in this white hat versus black hat mentality? Am I frequently sucked in by conspiracy theories, stories of rescue? As we engage deeper and deeper in our spiritual practice every day, we will realize more and more that we connect through our higher mind in every moment. And the only way we can do this is to unhook from our desire of things of this world. We must let go of the beliefs in bad people and good people, right and wrong. We must realize we don't need to decide. We just need to love ourselves and have a devotion to God. Often we think by attacking or punishing, we are doing something, perhaps something right and just. But really, we are aligning with the attacker in his belief. We have no clue what is really going on. None. Only God knows. He knows what exactly is going to happen and why it is happening. So if we don't know God, we will feel helpless. But you might ask, I really get upset with people when they make commitments or they do things. And how do I overcome this? And what you're really opening is the discussion to attachment and acceptance. So, to answer your question, there is a question. Has this person or persons shown you who they are in terms of being able to deliver on their commitments? Are they repeated offenders of bad behavior or your perception of bad behavior? Do we accept them as they are? Or are we hoping they become someone else, living up to our expectations and the roles we have written for them? When someone makes a commitment they cannot keep, they are not evil. Essentially what they're saying is, this is what I would like to give you, so you will love me. 
I need to do, I need to give, and I need to prove that I am lovable. And I make these commitments to earn your love and your respect. Whether I can do it is not always connected, but it is the desire to have an exchange of love and respect. Also, when people make commitments that they haven't really thought through or they really haven't thought about fulfilling the commitment, they really want to think they are something that maybe they are not. They want to live up to a version of themselves because they don't like who they are. Now, I'm not saying commitment is bad or that we don't need commitments. If the plane says it's leaving today at 7 a.m. for Texas, I sure hope it does. And there are times planes don't leave on time, but we are forced to accept it. The most important thing to our peace to remember is we experience people as they are. So our ability and need to control shows the degree we are attached to a story our own story that we have written. When we have difficulty with acceptance, what is missing is our recognition that we are powerful creators. We forget it's about us and God. And when other people make commitments to us that they cannot keep, they have forgotten that it's about them and God. People keep their commitments not because of us, but because they love themselves. And when we love ourselves, we honor God. It is always about ourselves and God. And everything we do reflects that commitment our partnership with God. Other people are not our God. We don't worship other people, and we don't make ourselves a God that they need to worship us. Nothing around you but is part of you. Look on it lovingly and see the light of heaven in it. So will you come to understand all that it is given you. In kind forgiveness will the world sparkle and shine, and everything you once thought sinful now will be reinterpreted as part of heaven. <laughs>